0: What's up? Welcome in. Good morning to Mike in the Morning. I'm Michael Borky. As always, glad that you are with me. And I'm a little frustrated today, man. Uh, my My team last night had a must-win game. And, I mean, literally, I mean, three games back of the Warriors had to win it and played like absolute crap last night. So, I'm a little frustrated this morning. Because although I knew the outcome was inevitable, um, didn't make a difference, I guess, and the Falcons lose. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about quarterbacks today because here's another example of somebody with the complete inability to write about one particular SEC quarterback accurately. It happened again, and I just don't understand the phenomenon. Also, uh, we've got some more storms headed your way Uh, i tried to have a little fun with the title of this but it is serious so i actually saw a a picture this morning not long before i started up here with you of somebody holding um hail that fell in texas so these storms are all pushing to the east um and it was the size of his hand He, he was holding it in the palm of his hand and you could barely see any of his hand around it it was that big i mean just a A softball and then some size uh, bit of hail. And those storms are coming our way. And uh, good morning, Wayne. What's up, man? How are you? Haven't seen you in a while. And uh, JP, yeah, possibly. uh, We might have to do our uh, our just scrap sports for the afternoon and tell everybody where the storms are at kind of uh, radio show this afternoon. Um, This is going to sound bad. I I, I know. um, But it's the truth. I enjoy the heck out of doing those. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a rush. And especially, this sounds really cheesy, but I mean, every time we do it, we get some kind of an email or or a text in the show that says something along the lines of, you know, hey, I was going to be traveling down 55 and uh, I stayed in town for an extra hour just because you guys were saying that the storm was crossing the highway and thank you for that. So that kind of stuff. Uh, it makes you feel good, right? But uh, also helping people. It's uh, its kind of a rush. Uh, I hope we don't have to do that just because that would mean that there's dangerous weather across the state. But if we do have to do it, um, it is not something we approach with reluctance. That's for sure. Um, I really enjoy it. It's, I don't know. It just, man, feels good. Uh, anyway, but... Be careful out there today. It could get really bad. Like I said, this guy was holding hail in the palm of his hand, and that is coming across the state today. And just two days after we had a brutal day, um, I mean, Tupelo, Mississippi was on national news uh, yesterday morning because of the storms on Sunday night. So please just uh, be be on the lookout. Be safe out there because it could uh, possibly get pretty ugly today. So. Hope all of you are safe out there. What also is ugly, see, I'm turning the bad weather into a cheesy sports thing. Uh, What also is ugly is another bad content piece written about Matt Corral. I swear, I have never seen or covered or been aware of a quarterback that was so inaccurately written about before. So if you guys remember... A few weeks ago, I talked about how there was somebody that wrote about Matt Corral, and he's one of the better returning quarterbacks in college football, but he has an interception problem mostly because his team is playing from behind. That's that's not accurate. Uh, he had two games where he absolutely blew up and, and turned the football over too much. It's not that... He was always playing from behind, and that's why his interception numbers were high. It was two games, like little things like that. All you have to do is look at the game log. And that's kind of frustrating because that's not accurate. He didn't turn the football over too much from playing from behind. In fact, I mean, if he just doesn't turn the football over, if he cuts his interceptions in half against Arkansas, they win the game. They were better than Arkansas. It was his turnovers that caused the game to be close, not the alternative. Um, so that was just wrong. And then, last week, I told you guys about a story in ESPN that questioned his arm strength. And, I mean, that is that is his best quality, his arm strength and deep ball accuracy. And yet, on ESPN, yeah, well, it doesn't, doesn't have the strongest arm. Just, just watch. Just a handful of highlights, and you know that that's not true. And now, we get this yesterday. If you follow me on Twitter, I shared it. Uh, on Twitter with you, it was a column uh, that ran in USA Today, which means it also ran in the Clarion Ledger. And uh, actually, I, I like the columnist. I don't think – and it's the same thing with the guy from ESPN. I like Alex Scarborough. I think he's good at his job. He just missed the mark. I missed the mark all the time, constantly. So um, I'm not saying this columnist is an idiot or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not going down that road because – then I would be an idiot constantly. I get things wrong. It's okay. But this is another example of the, the national media's complete inability to write about Matt Corral correctly. Here was, uh, I'll just give you the first few graphs in this column because that's all you really need to know. Um, that was This ran in USA Today, and then in the Gannett newspapers, it's like a 100 of them. And I know you know people aren't really reading newspapers anymore, but still, it ran in a bunch of newspapers. And here's what it said. Quote, Lane Kiffin needs to shake Matt Luke's hand or maybe send him a box of chocolates. The former Ole Miss coach left Kiffin the greatest gift a fired coach can leave for his successor, a talented quarterback. Luke is now Georgia's offensive line coach and the four-star quarterback he signed in his 2018 recruiting class as a preseason dark horse for the Heisman Trophy. They also mentioned his Heisman odds with Bet MGM. Only seven players have better odds. Corral is also a smart bet to lead the SEC in passing yards per game as he ranked second behind Kyle Trask last season. Kiffin deserves credit too after Corral showed noticeable growth last season. He went from eighth in the SEC in passer rating in 2019 to third last year. He also improved his completion rate by 12%. And just like the last thing, that's not really much, but, and I understand what he's trying to say. I, I get it. Because it would be easier, or it is easier, for a new head coach to step in when you have a high-level quarterback waiting for you. Like I, I understand what he's trying to say. I do. But this was written by somebody that does not really understand what happened at the end of 2019 and what was going to happen had Lane Kiffin not been the hire, or had they taken an extra couple of weeks to hire Lane Kiffin? I, I mean Sure, Uh, yes, Bat Luke was the head coach when Matt Corral signed at Ole Miss. And it's also true that Lane Kiffin's predecessor did not think Matt Corral was good enough to start in the SEC. Matt Luke's predecessor also did not think that running an offense that was predominantly focused on throwing the football down the field with a quarterback that can throw the football down the field was the best course of action to win games in the SEC. No, Matt Corral. As far as most people understand it, at least that's the word around. Matt Corral already had his destination chosen to transfer. He was gone. He was dealt a bad hand. He had to. He had Phil Longo, and then Longo goes to North Carolina, and then in comes Rich Rodriguez, and they decide to do whatever the hell they did with the quarterbacks and Pumley and and Corral and the offense that there. It, it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. Disaster that almost, if not for Lane Kiffen being hired when he was, chased Corral out of town. That's what happened or what was going to happen. I'm convinced that if it had taken Keith Carter another week, Lane Kiffen would not have arrived in Oxford with Matt Corral as his quarterback. He was gone. He was as good as gone. He got chased out of town by a bad scheme and a disaster of a situation. Thank you, I mean, thank you, Matt Luke, for deciding that Matt Corral was not good enough to play in the SEC to the point where you almost chased him away. I, I mean, it, it. I just don't understand. Actually, I do. Let me let me strike that and reverse it. I know exactly where this is coming from. People did not watch Ole Miss last year. And it's something that the the schools in this state kind of have to overcome, that even though Blaine Kiffin and Mike Leach draw eyeballs that don't typically um, watch Mississippi college football, at least that's what you hope that they do. I think they they do that. They bring attention that otherwise wouldn't be received. But the 2019 Ole Miss football team was not watched by anybody. That's what it comes down to. Uh, It wasn't watched by anybody. And most of Ole Miss games last year weren't watched by anybody either. That's the only way that you can come to the conclusion of he threw interceptions because his team was playing from behind too often. That's the only way you can come to the conclusion that he doesn't have good enough arm strength or his arm strength isn't comparable to that of Spencer Rattlers, for example. And that's the only way you can come to the conclusion that Lane Giffen should shake the hand and send chocolates to Matt Luke for... Giving him Matt Corral. The only way that you can come to those conclusions is if you don't watch them. That's it. And I understand why not. The 2019 Ole Miss football team stunk. But if you're going to write about this stuff, I mean, just do a. I mean, just a modicum of research into into what happened. I just. Anyway. Um. And then there's this. So there's more, even. Uh, So on top of the fact that, uh, apparently, Lane Kiffin needs to be thankful for Matt Luke, for giving him Matt Corral, even though he already had his transfer destination picked out. Uh, According to Nick Suss, good guy, good uh, reporter at the Clarion Ledger, does a good job. Uh, He looked at 10 2022 NFL mock drafts. And... All of these guys were listed as first-rounders, and you'll notice that there's a name missing. Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels, Jaden Daniels, Carson Strong, and Bo Nix. Those were the quarterbacks in the 10 mock drafts he looked at that were mentioned as first-round picks and not... Matt Corral. See, that again shows you that people that cover the sport nationally don't watch everybody because Bo Nix being listed in any mock draft as a first-round pick is absolute insanity. Unless you're talking about the Canadian Football League, if that was the mock draft and Nick read that on accident, maybe you would get Bo Nix as a first-round pick, but I, I can tell you right now That if I had to win a game this season, there are – I mean, I really like Sam Howell. I don't like the scheme that he's in, but I like him. I mean, he's a good player, and that makes sense. But what did Spencer Rattler do last season that that Corral cannot do? What did he do last season that Matt Corral cannot do? Because I thought about it, and I I can't really decide. Probably – uh, a more athletic runner, but Corral's good enough. Especially because it is the quarterback position, and running is not the the thing. Uh, maybe that's where you give a check in the the rattler side of things. But what can he do that Corral can't? What can Desmond Ritter do that Corral can't? Good luck, um, Malik Willis. And I saw a um a feature. That Bruce Feldman wrote about him, but if you watch, actually watch him play, um, good athlete, very good athlete, and he's a winner. Liberty won a bunch of games last year. That's not an NFL quarterback. I'm I'm sorry. Um, Everybody talks about Lamar Jackson being a runner. That's not accurate. I mean, yes, he's a great athlete, a phenomenal runner, but he can throw the football as well. He is a very talented passer. Uh, He has got some serious, serious arm talent. Uh, Maybe there's some accuracy issues uh, that has kind of held him back early in his NFL career, but the ability is absolutely there, and the ability was there in college. He won the Heisman because of running highlights, but he really won the Heisman because he can throw the football well, and that's why he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Willis can't do that not to that level. Um, I mean, JT Daniels looked really good. I I think Corral has more skill. Um, I mean, including Bo Nixon one is just, it's just kind of nonsense, but here we are. And I think what this says to me is that One, like I said, national people don't watch all of college football. Bo Nix's name was included in a mock draft because he's the quarterback at Auburn and he's a senior. Like, There's no other reason for that uh, at all. Um, National people that cover the sport don't really watch it in totality. And number two, um, he's got to prove it. Because even though he lit up the SEC and threw for a bunch of yards and was top three in efficiency and – second in yards and, and all that stuff, it doesn't matter. He's still got to go out there and prove it and do it again. And I, I think, of course, he's capable of doing that. But somehow, some way, playing quarterback in a Lane Kiffin offense with a early second-round pick at wide receiver, playing in the SEC, throwing for a bunch of yards against Alabama and Florida, and everybody that he played except for Auburn, beating a top-10 team in a bowl game by throwing for over 300 yards, he still doesn't get as much respect as Bo Nix uh, apparently. And Rattler's only listed on these things because he has an OU on his helmet and not a script old miss. He's got to go do it again because for whatever reason um, I don't think it's a, as much of an anti-Mississippi bias thing as as I think that national people have their thoughts on a select few programs and everybody that comes from those programs has to be better than anybody that comes from any other. That's what's happening here. He's got to go prove it and do it again. But I, I just, I cannot uh, imagine and I cannot remember a quarterback that's been more inaccurately written about than this guy. Scott says, how many total yards do you expect him to have in 2021? I believe he said a few Ole Miss records this year. So Chad Kelly, um, I'll pull up his stats because Chad Kelly had the best individual season as a quarterback in the history of Ole Miss football. Um, So Chad Kelly completed 65% of his passes in 2015 for 4,400 yards, 31 touchdowns, 13 picks, and he ran for another 500. That was the best statistical season Ole Miss football history at the quarterback position. Um, it depends on how Ole Miss wants to approach this season, if we're being honest, because I do think that with the, the apparent lack of true established depth at wide receiver, um, you might see them focus on running the football more because they have a really high-level running back room. So I don't know if you know he'll get to 500 attempts on the season. He may not. Uh, This is a team that I think is going to be capable of beating people on the ground. But I don't know how much of a focal point that's going to be because, as you know, they like to air it out. The Kiffin-Levy offense likes to throw the football. They like to, as they say, score from far. But I'm actually really fascinated to see how they approach this season because of what they have in the running back room and what they maybe don't have in the wide receiver room. Because I think their one-two punch of running backs might be one of the best in college football. I, it's it's up there. You can make an argument for that. The room is deep as well. I mean, their third-string guy, Parrish, is also a, a quality or can be a quality guy with time. But the combination of Ely and Connor is really high level. So how do they use them, and do they maybe run the football uh, a little bit more? But I would not be surprised, especially now with 12 games in this offense, You uh, know, if they do or if he does break Chad Kelly's all-purpose yard season with 4,500 all-purpose yards. Wouldn't be surprised if he broke that at all. Um, it's how talented he is. It's just crazy to me that nobody can get him right. And I don't think he's a first-round quarterback right now. So it's not that he's not included in that list. I wouldn't mock him to be a first-round quarterback right now. Um, he's got to prove that he won't have games where he turns the football over six times because you that, that doesn't play in the NFL. That doesn't make rosters unless you're Nathan Peterman somehow. Thanks, John Gruden for that. But um, I wouldn't put him in a first round right now. But I also wouldn't put Bo Nix in a first round right now. Uh, I wouldn't put Malik Willis in a first round. Um, I think that's crazy. That's not a that is not a first round pick. The the passing ability is not there. And if it's not there, you're not playing in the NFL. Um, I don't think there's anything that Rattler can do that he can't. So that's really more of what I'm getting at. I understand skepticism. I'm skeptical. He's got to prove some things. He's got to prove that he won't have those blow-up games. But it's the inaccuracies. Questioning his arm strength. Well, that's, that's garbage. He throws interceptions because his team is playing from behind. That's not where those came. And now, thanks Matt Luke for giving Matt Corral to Lane Kiffin when it was because of Matt Luke that Matt Corral was almost playing at Oregon. It's just it's nonsense. It is just absolute nonsense. But I guess you gotta write something. And uh it, it must be too hard to Google um to get things right. Speaking of quarterbacks, I saw this yesterday. I had to bring this to you guys. Um being a Saints fan, I was very relieved to see this news yesterday. Well, I don't know if it should be relief or not, because they tried to do this and they failed, and it makes me happy that they failed. So, um, apparently, Mickey Loomis, the GM of the Saints, tried to trade up not to get a defensive back, which is what they needed, not to get a um, linebacker, which is another position of need not to get a wide receiver, which like I told you guys yesterday, I, I don't really think that I don't feel the same way as other people with their need of wide receiver, but that would have made sense at least not even to trade up to get Justin Fields, which I, I would have been okay with. No, they tried to trade up to get Mac Jones and nobody would take it. And thank you. The rest of, of the NFL, the 31 other teams who said no to the Saints trading up to get Mac Jones. And here's why I say that. It's not because I don't like Mac Jones. I it's not because I don't think that he can be a good NFL quarterback. I think he can be. Um you don't have the season he did last year by mistake. I know he has the best offensive line, he has the best wide receivers and the best scheme. It's easy to play quarterback at Alabama. Easier anyway. Um but you still got to make the throws and execute, and he did that, and he won. Um, so I'm not discrediting his ability to be an NFL quarterback, but you guys might think I'm crazy. Are we sure that that would be an upgrade over Jameis? And we will get, get your laughs out now. But Jameis has been a starter in the NFL. He's played on a, bad, a handful of bad teams in the NFL, so he's kind of been through the ringer a little bit. He also threw for 5,000 yards and 30 interceptions, but he also threw for 5,000 yards in one season on a bad team in the NFL. Are we sure that Mac Jones would be an upgrade over Jameis? And why would you invest two years, which it's at least what it's going to be because he was on the team last year and you were rehabbing his image and all that stuff last year, and then you have him under contract again this year. Why would you invest two years into Jameis just to Mortgage your future on Mac Jones because moving up, they would have had to give at least one first-round pick for next year. I would have hated that. And it's not like an anti-Mac Jones thing. It's more about I'm not convinced that he would be an upgrade and giving away future picks, including a first-rounder, to get him. That's not something that I would have wanted at all. In fact, I would have hated that. I think that would have been a mistake. So thank you, other NFL teams for saving us from ourselves. Thank you. That I don't know if that was a leak on purpose to make everybody feel better about the the disappointment that people had in the first round pick, but if if so it's working because I'd rather have a defensive end that people think is ready to contribute immediately than Mac Jones who may or may not be an upgrade over Jameis and having to give up at least another first round pick to get him, like, no, thank you. I'm good. So thank you for, uh, for saving us from that. So you guys be safe out there today. I know it's, um it's going to be ugly and, or it, it can be ugly anyway. And uh, I just, I hope all of you uh, are safe and uh, the weather misses you and misses us here around the state because we don't need it. To happen again after just a couple of days ago. So, y'all be safe out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, at this point, just don't expect anybody to write accurately about Matt Corral because it's never going to happen. And uh, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at 8. Y'all have a good one.